Grace and I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, paying our respects to elders past, present and emerging, particularly the traditional owners of this land we now call Sydney, where we are recording today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Thank you, Lily. Please have got the pipe for you. That'll show you all that you got love and luck and lust and love. Sit back, relax as we pull back the covers. Hello, beautiful people. This week we have the absolute rocker that is Alex Leahy joining us. This is actually such a great episode after last week's chat with G-Spot because we follow on with a few of the same themes around the dismal sex ed we got, particularly when it comes to people who are LGBTQI+. That leads us to having amazing chats about women's health and how misunderstood that is as well. She really peels back the layers for us, reflecting on her early years of dating as a queer teenage girl, how her understanding of love and attraction developed. Alex is just so optimistic and reminds us just how far we've come and how beautiful the world is getting. So hype up and get excited. Alex Leahy, welcome to Love Clues. Hello. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. A pleasure. darling. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, having a relatively cruisy day. I've been looking forward to talking to you guys. Have you actually? Yeah, of course. I haven't seen you guys in forever. I I think the last time I saw you was when you were doing some singing for Holy Holy... Which is fucking ages ago because I would have been, like, based in Sydney at the time, which was literally years ago now. That's wild. I know. Yeah, I think it would have been a couple of years. I mean, I feel like we haven't seen all our Melbourne gang for, like, literally two years, which is crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. It's wild to think about. And also, I was just remembering with Lily that we did a little like writing session with you for some kind of pitch where we had to write a song that was like Sweater Weather by The Neighbourhood. Do you remember that? Yeah. And it was like... That was when we first met. Yeah, that was the first time we met. That was a cool song. I actually come back to it not infrequently. Um, really? Yeah, and have a listen to it. I'm like, that was really good. To be fair, I don't really remember it. But come on, it was the three of us. Like, it must have been good. It was good. It was a vibe. (laughs) I remember that, like, like Grace, like, you crushed it. You came up with, like, a really cool guitar part. I I remember that. Like, you really saved the day. Oh, my God, yes! (laughs) That sounds about right. Let's go. It's cool, though, because it's fun, like, talking to music people but not so much about music and more just, like, about life and love and everything. Like, because obviously we all do interviews and it's like, how did you come up with your band name? Or, like, Mm. what's the new (laughs) single about? Which is I love talking about music, but I love talking about love so much. Do you you feel like since doing this that you guys are more in touch with, like, you know, hearing other people's stories that you're more, like, in touch with your own, like, love. A million percent. Life or something. It's literally, like, therapy. It's so weird. It has made me so much more connected to my perspective on dating and love and sexuality and sex and romance, like, beyond belief. It's wild. That's it's awesome. It's insane. Honestly, like, a big part of it is to do with, like, especially with, like, sex and dating and stuff like that. There's so much insecurities that have just been given to you by society that honestly evaporate as soon as you start talking about it that's what I've found is like massively literally like changing my life with this podcast it's crazy it's so cool tearing down walls 
Yeah, literally. I think it's literally. just like Grace and me getting free therapy of everyone. So I think it works <laughs> in our favour more for some reason. Literally, that's exactly what it is. And you're our next target. <laughs> oh, my God. I just thought you'd be good because, well, obviously we love you and we love your music and we love yeah. what you're about. But I just feel like people who can articulate themselves in songwriting like you can, pre- like pretty much unparalleled to many people I know, have such an interesting inner working because Obviously, you think about things deeply and like it comes through in your songwriting. So I'm like, oh, it must come through in life, you know? Oh, that's very kind. Oh, I hope so. Hopefully, I'm not some shallow bitch. But um, <laughs> but that would be cool too. Like, can you imagine if you write these beautiful, well-articulated songs and then in life you're sort of just meh? Yeah, I think that would be interesting too. Actually, this is literally what we were just talking about. But I was wondering if you do much soul searching when it comes to self-love or is it something that comes easily to you where are you at in your self-love journey that's where I want to begin okay this is interesting because I have never really thought much about it like I feel like I've always had a pretty good relationship with myself like you know like you hear about a lot of people and they talk about like you know I really hated myself and stuff like that like Mm. I don't think I've ever had that in my life which I'm really like grateful for I don't know where that's come from but I feel like I've always been pretty like confident in my identity and you know it probably actually comes from being supported in my identity by like various people around me which is probably something that we'll talk about later on definitely but my current journey is quite interesting because I'm historically have not been a particularly fit and active individual Um, and about six weeks ago, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to do this. And I like, like, yeah. And I've like set all these like goals for myself. And I think a lot of it actually comes down to, this is like going so deep, but I have PCOS, like a lot of women do. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like, I've never been able to lose weight. Like, you know, I've never been like a big person, but I've never been able to lose weight. You know, well, I've always noticed like every year, like there's just a couple of kilos that like come on and and they just keeps coming on. I'm like, fuck, if this keeps going, like, like, it's going to add up. Like, I need to watch this. And there's a lot of history with people with PCOS getting diabetes and like stuff like that. And like, you know, I really wanted to make sure that I did something about it. And so my doctor put me on um, metformin which is like an insulin management drug that a lot of diabetics take. Um, And she was like, look, maybe the reason why you're struggling to do this is because your insulin is being mismanaged and it's a common like symptom between the two. because your body's already out of whack from your ovaries being on struggle street. And it turns out that that's actually been super helpful for me. And so I started at the start of the year and I was like, wow, like my body feels different. I feel more energised. And I feel like I have more of a harness on, like, my activity. Um, That's amazing. Which is really weird. Anyway, so, like, six weeks ago, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to give this a go and see, like, how fit I can get. And now I'm, like, in the best shape that I've been in, like, for years. And I'm actually, like, seeing results from doing it. Like, Oh, my God. And I'm not talking about, like counting the kilos lost or anything like mm. I'm not I'm not into that yeah it's just more like well I can do things that I couldn't do six weeks ago that I couldn't do well, five as years in like ago. you've gotten stronger and like you just gotten stronger I can run further I can run faster I can run longer um I'm more flexible like just like things like that and for me like I feel a renewed sense of self-confidence and self-love because I'm listening to my body and like treating it right and giving it the help and support that it needs to do the things that it wants to do. So, like, that's been, like, a really interesting kind of thing 
because I've never been like a wow. body yeah. image type person or anything like that. But just like feeling stronger has been a really nice gift to myself. So that's a big, long story, but that's, yeah. No, I love it. I'm so glad I asked that question. <laughs> it has so many layers because like, I know, right? you know, especially for women's health, like you're lucky that, oh, not you shouldn't have to feel lucky, but it's amazing that you found someone who sort of helped you get that under control because I feel like so many women go through things like endo or PCOS and then they just never really get to the bottom of it. And they're sort of like, oh, like my body's just like not really working properly, like my whole totally. life. You know what I mean? Or it's just not even working for me. Yeah, like mm. they're just, and doctors are just like, oh, well, like that just comes with being a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. for people who don't know, what is PCOS? PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay, yeah. full disclosure, I was asking for myself. I know what that no, no, is. I had fine. never heard the abbreviation. Grace, you sneaky sausage. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was, PCOS, I'm, yeah. Grace goes for people who don't know. <laughs> and it's been one of the, like, for some people, it's a real pain. Like, it's a real, like, mm. you know, thing that impacts their life. For me, it's like, it never, it's like I got diagnosed and I'm like, oh, that's why my periods are irregular. God, I'm like, yeah. we're going so TMI. But like, but it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that explains a couple of things. But yeah. then now, like, as I'm, you know, in adulthood, I'm like, oh, I think that like certain things that I've been struggling to change in my life are a result of this. And then like having that conversation with my GP and she, and she's a legend and she was just like, oh, you know, you can consider going on this um, this medication to, and see what happens. And she's like, it's actually not a bad time for you to do it because you're not touring, you're not moving around. You can just sort of like start it. it out. Yeah, see how it goes. And if it's not for you, then stop. If it is, then keep going. And I spoke to my partner who you guys know is a doctor. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, my doctor recommended this drug. And my partner was like, uh, yeah, this is like, it's like a pretty revolutionary thing that they've kind of put two and two together with like insulin mm. management and diabetics and PCOS. And she was was like she was like you should take it because I'm curious to see what will happen. Literally, <laughs> I'm like the she guinea was like, pig. Mm, my little guinea pig. <laughs> that is a tale as old as time. What you were talking about before you got diagnosed and it doesn't affect you in a major way. So you're kind of just like, yeah. But then it's like that's such a trope of women just kind of learning pain is normal. You know, it's that kind of concept. Oh. And it's like, hold on, if you actually get it fixed, then you realise, you know, what you've potentially been missing out on. So I'm so yeah. happy for you. That's amazing. Thanks. And you feel like that's this is like a new phase in your self-confidence and everything. Totally. And I think it's like giving me routine and habits that like, I can hopefully take from this time where I'm not like working in the usual way that I am, you know, with, you know, being at home all the time, all that stuff. And I can just create habits that I can take with me forever and ever and ever. Amazing. Do you think the physical improvements have impacted your mental health at all? Because if I don't go for like a run or something, that's like the rest of my week ruined because uh, I'm yeah. just like grumpy as hell. I think I'm more positive maybe. Even though I've, I'm generally a pretty positive person, but I just feel more like if if our mood is like a dimmer, like my dimmer's kind of like gone yeah. gone up a little bit, and I also feel more focused, um, which is good. Ooh, this mm. I'm trying to hold back, but this literally gives me goosebumps because <laughs> I could give a fuck what like shape and size anybody is, but it's not about knowing that. when. Yeah, it's not about um, that. Like I just think, oh, if you're a woman and you can feel like in whatever way it is for you, if you can feel fit and healthy and like strong in your body, I'm like, oh, that is just so just good totally. it, sort of just, yeah. it sort of just fucks off the like heroin chic thing of the 90s that we were all raised in being like weak little twigs I'm just like no we're not feeble anymore like we're out here we're running around we're like jumping into the sunshine oh it makes me so happy <laughs> I think I just like had written off that I wasn't an athletic person like 
Mm. I'm, I've always been yeah, like, right. you know, good at, you know, like I'm, I'm coordinated, but like I've always been like, oh, you know, like running and endurance and all that stuff is just not for me. It's just not something that like I'm built for, quote unquote. Um, but what I've discovered is actually like, you know what, I like, you know, if I commit to doing this, I can do it. And like, that's given me a renewed sense of like, I guess like inner strength and I don't, yeah, it's, it's been really nice. And it's sort of like, I feel like there are only a few times in one's life, although there should be more, but I, th- I feel like for me, there's been a few times in my life where I've had like a self high five and this is one of them. <laughs> yes. I can see the twinkle in your eye while we're talking to you. So I can dope. literally see oh, it shining. It's awesome. This is great. Do you think that it's affected your relationship at all? I think so. I think just like, yeah, I think especially when you live with someone, like it's good to have good habits and not even in like a do the dishes like sort of thing, You're not alleviating responsibility mm-hmm. from someone else, but just to like have good habits, I guess like good routine and focus, like I think as an individual is handy and beneficial in a relationship as well. So yeah, I think so. Probably talk about it a bit too much, but I'm always like, I'm gonna go for a run today. Like, like um, check my Strava, baby. I'm probably becoming that guy, you know. Oh, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, but uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, slide down it. Just get hen. Why <laughs> not? Go all out. Were you sporty in school? I, I, I was in primary school because I used to like play with the boys and, you know, play footy and cricket and all that kind of stuff. Boys sports. Like, you know, what were boys sports back then? And yeah. I sort of was on the cusp and, and I was on the wrong end of the line when all those sports that I love playing, it's like once you hit over 12 years old, they just didn't exist for girls. Like the leagues didn't mm. exist. Like, like yeah. there was no, there was, it was really hard to access like local cricket and footy for girls, for teenage girls, like through, you know, the back half of like the noughties. <laughs> it's like the girls sports teams just like dropped off and yeah. suddenly there was like cross country running and that was it. Yeah. Well, for me, it was like, I, I was like, I want to play cricket and footy and my school, which is a great school and awesome, but like just the competitions that they were involved in, it was like, oh, well, you can play softball and netball. And it was like, no, no. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, netball. How Why? can we forget like, you know, netball? Netball. Yeah. Yes, big shout out to netball. No shade to netball, but like. <laughs> no shade to netball, but it's not yeah. footy. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like if I was maybe like three years younger, you know, now we have professional women's football and like all that sort of shit. So maybe there would have been an opportunity for me to continue doing that sort of stuff, but unfortunately not. But I was still, you know, I wasn't the sporty, I was the music kid, you know, like I wasn't the exactly, sporty kid, exactly. but, um, but I, I've always loved sports and I feel a particularly like renewed love of football since the women's league has started. Is For football years, soccer or is football AFL like or AFL, footy? Yeah, okay, AFL. AFL. Yeah, like yeah. I've always been an AFL supporter. I followed the Saints which for those of you who follow football, you would know that they're not very good. And, Sorry, um, did you say the snakes? I only know the, the snakes. The snakes. snakes. Grace goes to the snakes because her, her boyfriend is quite embroiled in AFL and we don't know shit about AFL because we weren't raised. We were raised on rugby, so we don't really yeah, know right. anything about any other codes. So we're always just like up the snakes. Up the snakes. And I don't know. Yeah. When in doubt, up the snakes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so I, I like followed footy when I was a kid and then I became a teenager, you know, hit puberty, started becoming, you know, an adult and stuff. And I remember fear, I was like, fuck, this, this is not a place for me. You know, I'm just mm. like queer teenager, teenage girl, like, you know, and going to the football. Because when like, did the no. AFLW become a thing then? Four, five years ago now. And then that started and I was like, holy shit, like there's a place, you know, mm. there's a place now for to enjoy footy and to like 
not be in this like bro club like this rules you know be a part of it yeah and so um it's like it's renewed my passion for football which is cool oh my gosh a million percent and it really that representation thing cannot be understated yeah like we were raised on rugby we didn't grow up playing it because like you were just touching on there wasn't there literally just like wasn't a team like that didn't even cross my mind but then the only connection i have with afl i don't even follow it but remember when the taylor harris kick happened that would have been a few years ago and it like sort of crossed over from like sports news into just you know pop culture and I remember that happening and like all the sort of media storm around that and I was like oh my god I'm what was I like 24 at the time I was like I'm a grown woman if I don't start playing sport now like I literally never will (laughs) and then all the girls that are beneath me at uni or whatever like never will either so I like went down to my uni and signed up to the rugby team purely off that Taylor Harris moment so I feel like my my connection with rugby football is also connected to (laughs) AFL through that so it all beautifully ties together (laughs) somehow I love that. That's sick. Yeah, no. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. (laughs) Really well done. Really well done, Lil. Slow clap. Anyway, okay, wait a second. Teenage Alex, like what we were just talking about, you're 15, you're the music kid at school. Were you dating? Did you have boyfriends? Did you have girlfriends? Were you grossed out by romance? Like what was the vibe when you're in high school? Um, So the vibe when I was in high school. So I, mm, I feel like within me, I identify as uh, queer and I feel like within me I always knew. And, you know, and I have, like, the – I've had the good fortune that, like, the hardest thing about, like, coming to terms and being open about my queerness was, like, admitting it to myself, you know, like, which is great. Like that's As a opposed good, to repercussions from the wide world. That's a, yeah. that's a good place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, being worried about, you know, losing friends or family or, you know, whatever. Like, I was in a good position. It was still, you know, it was still difficult, but it was a good place to be, relatively speaking. So, yeah, I guess when I was 15, okay, this is funny, all the girls, you know, they were talking about, like, which boys they liked. You know, it was always like, I like so-and-so, and and then that was, like, gossip. You know, it's not like nothing's happened. It's just, like, someone's expressed that they think someone's a bit, like, cute or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so my best friend was this guy named Ollie, and Ollie and I, he uh, used to play saxophone in the band with me. We used to kick footy. We used to hang out all the time. We love and Ollie. We love Ollie. And I thought, I was like, well, I'm just like Ollie. Like, isn't that, <laughs> isn't that, isn't yeah. that what this is? Oh, yeah. yes. And I was like, oh, I must like Ollie. Um, and I told a couple of girls, I was like, yeah, I think I like Ollie. And they're like, oh, you should tell him. You're like, you should definitely tell him. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to tell him. Like, we're pretty tired. I'll tell him. And so I told Ollie that I had a crush on him. I didn't have a crush on him. But like, I told <laughs> well, him like that. Well, like you thought that's I thought, what a I crush what felt was, like towards yeah. a boy. And so I told him, I was like, Ollie, you know, like, I, I like you, like in that way. And he was kind of, he was so confused. Like he wasn't even, he, like he was just like, right. Like he wasn't like, no, you don't. Or like, oh my God. He was just like, okay. <laughs> anyway, and we went to band practice. We did band practice. It went really badly. He was like, he, he said, he was like, oh, okay, like, you know, I don't really like you in the same way, you know, like, I like, hang, you know, just not like, you know, you're my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was so not bummed out by that response, which is also an indication that I didn't really. <laughs> oh, yeah, you went heartbroken because you I wasn't, weren't I wasn't romantically really hot, invested, I wasn't like, at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were like, cool. And I was like, oh, okay. 
and then probably went to band practice like where the girl that I actually did have a crush on was, you know, hanging out or whatever. <laughs> and um, anyway, and then Ollie called me up like that weekend. He's such a good guy. And he was like, you know, I just want to see if you're all right. Like, oh, I like see how you're going. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, whatever. And just like side note, like Ollie remains to be my best friend. Um, Big shout I'm actually, out. Yes, yeah, I'm actually him. seeing him this evening to get steaks from the local pub. But, yeah, he's, like, one of my closest friends. Like, we'll be best mates for life. And I told that story at his 21st and, like, all that sort of shit. Ah. Um, Cut to the year later when I was 16 when I actually did get my first girlfriend. And that was, like, the vehicle to me telling my family that, you know, or just, like, demonstrating to my family that, you know, I was not straight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was like a classic, like you know, like growing up gay is a is, is an experience of its of its own within mm-hmm. like the umbrella of queerness. I feel like any kid that you know who did have that experience as a teenager, like has the common experience of you know you have the secret relationship and blah blah blah, and you know, and then it ends and yeah, like it, it wasn't a secret on my end; it was from the other person's end. Um, oh, I see. Which was a bummer. Um, I mean, like, you know, it's just a shame. It's a shame for them that that was the case. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know if it's still the case for them now. But, um, yeah, so that was, I guess, like 15 to 16-year-old me and, like, my experience of love and kind of not really knowing what it was, like, for a while. But, you know, it's funny because, like, to go back to the Ollie example, it's like, I love Dolly and I still do, but it just yeah. wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that. <laughs> and everyone else is saying, I love spending time with this boy. He yeah. follows me around everywhere. So I have a crush on him. So you think if you're doing the same thing, oh, I must have a crush on him. It's just funny how your brain I'm like, like, yeah, Ollie and I hang out all the time. <laughs> like uh, theorizes it. I know, right? Do you know what? Even as a literal 26-year-old woman, I feel like sometimes I still don't know whether I like a boy, like that, like the chemistry feeling, or Mm. I'm like, or is he just paying attention to me and I like hanging out with Mm. him, you know? Maybe that feeling just lingers until you really find a person, like a big person, you know? Yeah, maybe. Which obviously you have now, which is awesome. I don't know. I also think that like platonic love is so beautiful, not just like, you know, that friendship, but just in general, you know, I see so many friends of mine, you know, who have these special relationships with each other as friends or I have them with friends and I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing as well. Um, oh, you you got you gotta have it. Like it's a it's a part of a full life, I think. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've been talking to my friends a lot about this lately. I don't know if you feel the same. Grace is a couple years younger than us. Especially as we get older, your network of friends, we really are starting to like weather so many storms together or and good things as well it's like people are getting engaged or buying houses or like maybe some fucked up things are happening to people like your friendships I'm realizing as we get older just become so deep in a way that just transcends the like childhood friendships into this amazing like you said you're going to be friends with Ollie the rest of your life probably like how amazing is that it's the best feeling yeah I think we just get to a point like I feel like adulthood really starts at 20 like I don't feel like I was an adult until I was maybe 26 wow. okay good I've just scraped maybe in. 25 I, maybe I really agree I've got a while to go yeah I, I feel like I remember like sort of getting there and being like okay I feel I don't know if it's an independence thing or just you know being sure of myself and my identity or a confidence thing I don't know what it is but I also think at that point in your life like when you look at people that you've known for a while like you officially have history you know like you know that thing that is like completely like you cannot substitute that 
um, for anything. And not to say that you can't have like really close and meaningful friendships that are new. Like I think that new friends are really important too. But, you know, I think by the time you hit your mid-20s, it's like, wow, like I have a history with this person and that's something to celebrate and it's a sacred thing. Yeah. I could not agree more. I I was really interested to know how is love and romance and sexuality talked about and experienced in your household when you were growing up? Like not only your own sexuality, but, you know, within your family and everything. Yeah, really openly, unusually openly maybe for some people. I feel like your family would have been pretty open about it. I mean, the fact that you're, like, just by, like, the fact that you're doing this. Okay, wait, can I just say, I'm so happy that it comes across that way because flashes to literally even two years ago, I was, like, a closed little clamshell. Oh, my God, you little prude. I probably (laughs) couldn't even say the word, like, vagina. Here we are. Without laughing, yeah. No, without, like, literally wanting to die. Like, (laughs) mum and dad were... (laughs) Mum and dad were open, but I just wasn't open for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, it's like what you were saying at the start. The podcast has actually helped me come out of my shell a little bit more. Mm. But that's awesome that your family was like very much an open book about it, it sounds like. Yeah, totally an open book and very like, I mean, my family is a very non-judgmental group of people, which is unusual. Like I pretty much only have like my mum's side of the family and they're Greek, which, you know, traditionally people think is like pretty... Traditional, yeah, yeah, traditional. Yeah. But actually, like, you know, our crew are not that at all. Like, it's always been a bit of a melting pot of people and, you know, walks of life, which is great. Yeah, I feel really grateful for the way that I was brought up with that stuff because, like, the conversations with my mum is always like, if you choose to have a child or if you choose to get married, or if, it's, it's sort of like it's up to you, like, what you want to do and we'll support you. You know, we just want you to be happy. And, you know, and, like, that was also virtue of the fact that she probably knew that I wasn't as kind of straight cut as mm-hmm. as some other people and she was you know probably just saying like yo like that's fine so yeah I've been really lucky with that and I guess like I didn't like because I did come out so young and and all that kind of stuff like I never got the birds and the bees talk and, and I think that maybe one thing that like at the time a parent probably didn't really know what that conversation would be on the other side like you know mm. in a more like sort of like spectrum spectrum dwelling kind of way and even like you know yeah even sex ed at school at the time didn't approach any of that stuff like totally in hindsight you know kind of went in a bit blind with that kind of stuff I even once saw a doctor not my not my current doctor thank Christ but like I once saw a GP when I was like 19 or something and um the doctor was like do you need to have a sexual health check and I was like well I don't know and she was like let's google it <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. Wow. Yes. Which is insane. Oh like she God. didn't she didn't fucking know. She didn't like, know. Of course I needed one. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know that because I'd never been educated. Like that wasn't a part no, of, of my sex ed. If your GP no. doesn't know, how are you gonna know? And she didn't fucking know, so like which is terrifying. So needless to say I never saw that person again. <laughs> Yes, yes. I'm straight and I'd never speak to any of like my queer or gay friends' experiences, but that classic thing, even for us, sex ed was framed as just about getting pregnant. Yeah, you were And like how to not get pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was celibacy 101. Yeah, yeah, it's just so, so weird and just so, such a narrow understanding of that whole entire spectrum as we've now learned. It's so funny because I was living at my mum's place last year when we were deep in the pandemic and she got these neighbours, like new neighbours in the time that we were there who are a queer couple, like two women, roughly my age, a little bit older, which I was like, this rules. And we immediately became friends and like we still (laughs) hang out. 
And one of them is a PE and health teacher. And like, I love asking her about like teaching sex ed. And she's like, man, sex ed rules. She's like, I <laughs> love teaching sex ed. And she's like, I just like, you know, I can bloody blow these kids' minds and like make them feel safe. You know, I can, yeah, I can make them feel actually, safe. I can make them feel confident. I can give them heart. like, I can give them the full range of information that they need. She almost sees it as like a privilege that she gets to mm. teach kids about and that And someone stuff. like that who can talk about it openly and with no totally. shame and take questions. Yeah. Like, imagine if we had that. Oh, it would have just saved me a lot of time. So I feel like the times have changed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I and, hope and, so. and I even feel like, you know, watching, I, I like always joke now, like, you know, I finished school in 2010. It wasn't that long ago. I joke that there is nothing less cool today than a heterosexual teenager. Literally. <laughs> it's true. No one wants to be the straight kid. Like, it's, I'm like, that's sick. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, all, all these young people, like, discovering the spectrum and exploring it and embracing it and celebrating it. And excited it, about you know, it. And excited yeah. about it. Like, that's fucking awesome. Like, that is not – that was not the world 10 years ago. And and I know that there's, you know, a long ways to go and that maybe is just like a small pocket of society that I interact with, which granted is like pretty, you know, forward-thinking and, and yeah. liberal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just so – I think that's so great now. Like, what a space to grow up in. How exciting. Oh, my gosh. So – and you know what? That actually reminds me of how cool young people are. You know, we're in our Man. mid to late 20s. Like, we're not the same as a 15-year-old. And I just feel like from the kids that I interact with, it doesn't really even cross their mind about, no. like – they have trans friends. They they figure out whether they're on a spectrum. So and so is queer. They're like, we don't give a fuck. Like it's literally just yeah. life. Like yeah, I'm a boy. I paint my nails, but I like girls. Like it literally doesn't matter. Yeah. Totally. And like, you know, even things like when we were at school, like gay slurs were like part of everyone's vocabulary. Oh. Maybe oh just because we grew up in like regional Australia, but you know, that vibe. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, the world now, hopefully I think is like really, really, really different. And like you said, yeah. that wasn't even that I long ago. I think in a lot of ways, it's a lot more beautiful than it used oh, to be. It's, it's a better place. Like yeah, for I think sure. So. Yeah. I think so. I think so it's awesome. how, I mean, you're going to GPs who are needing to Google your questions. <laughs> I'm just telling you all about my, like, my health, my health records. No, but it's <laughs> just yeah. where you can, can you please just link us your files? Don't worry. When you listen back to this, yeah, can you just, can you just <laughs> share my health record? That would be really good. Uh, PD, PDF in bio. Um, yeah, we'll put it in the yeah. show notes, all of Alex's <laughs> medical <laughs> records. No, but you're seeing GPs, they're needing to Google the questions that you're asking them. So how did you educate yourself on it? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I guess like talking to friends and peers about it, like just getting more opinions. Like when that happened, I was like, I know I don't know, but like it's not right that you don't know. Yeah. Um, like it seems like a pretty straightforward kind of thing that you should have learned. So just like, yeah, seeing other professionals and kind of getting engaged on that kind of thing. And the beauty of like there was a time when I needed uh, to see a doctor between tours and it was really hard to get an appointment anywhere. So like the ability to make online bookings, you can kind of like shop around for a doctor. And like, I remember, it, I think I was going to get my ears cleaned. It was like, it was like something like that. And going in the show notes. Yeah. Going- <laughs> what year was this? I'm adding it to my Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I think I was going for something really like rudimentary like that. And, but like, I remember seeing there were like doctors and it was like specializing in uh, LGBTQI, like mm. health and like stuff like that. And I'm like, that rules. Like, you know, it's, there are people who have the answers and they're telling people that they have the answers, which is great. So I think just like finding doc- a doctor that you trust. Why are we? Oh my God, I can't believe we're going to this. Finding a doctor that you, do- <laughs> yeah, that you trust actually- and they can answer the questions that you have. 
Um, and then because obviously you love going to the doctor so much, then hooking up with one and <laughs> committing to a long-term relationship with them. Alex, you just read my mind. I was like, wait a second. We're, Alex is obsessed with doctors because that's your partner in crime. Oh, you're a doctor. We should go out sometime. You want, oh we should get a drink. Yeah. Alex was like, hmm, if only there was like a nice, young, hot, queer doctor that I could go and see. <laughs> it would make me feel safe that I could Ooh. drink. What do you think this is? I'm getting this pain when I do this take a look under after here. hours consultation i'm not a hypochondriac i must sound like i must sound like i've got like some like serious health issues <laughs> or something like you know I'm, I'm really deep in the psyche of my of my health I, i'm so not i don't go to the doctor that often but it's a good anyway disclaimer fucking hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> well this all has many layers because alex's partner is a doctor in case anyone didn't know yes yeah. yes That's and we why. should get to that so you dated people in high school yes now you're in love. and did you date people after after that, like, when did you meet her? So my partner, her name's Sophie. We met a few years before we started going out. We were friends for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, definitely dated, like, during high school and after high school. And I think that, like, I think it's really important to date, you know. Alex, that's why we're making this podcast, because I'm yeah. 26 and I've never had a boyfriend or a girlfriend for that matter. And I'm like, wow. So many ships have sailed at this point. Like I, I, when I when have I had say, no practice at being in a relationship. I think I've cooked it a little bit. Like when I say I think it's important to date, that's like I'm not trying to sh- throw shade on people that backpedal, like, Alex. Backpedal. Follow this path. <laughs> However, I am grateful that I haven't been in the up- position. <laughs> no, the opposite. That I didn't start going out with someone when I was 15 and then I'm, and I'm still with them now. You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm Ooh, glad yeah. that I yes. have had. Played the um, field. Well, yeah, yeah, just experiences and like you can have good relationships at end and I think that like good relationships are ones where you come out of it and you're like, you know, you've learned something about yourself or you've, you know, um, found confidence in, in, in part of your identity or, mm. or something like that and you kind of come away with it with something that, I don't know, it's like you're kind of putting bits and pieces... Um, it's like it's like money in a piggy bank or something like that, and you have a really nice experience. Like you learn how to be kind to someone. Like you know, you become more fluent in different love languages. Like sort of things I've like that. None of these things. <laughs> no, but you but you've probably like learned it in different ways. Like yeah. I was saying about like fr- yeah, like exactly what we we're talking about the beautiful friendships. Yeah, exactly. definitely. It is so true. I think that's a really good perspective to have that has come up a lot on this podcast. Actually, instead of treating breakups like only remembering the bad, it's like everything is just a new life experience that's going to make you grow hopefully into a better person right totally there's 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 definitely shitty breakups and there's definitely shitty relationships that exist but i feel very fortunate that i largely have come away from all of my experiences of being in a relationship with goodwill and positivity maybe even it wasn't initially at the time because breakups are hard they're in shit hindsight. you know yeah. but in high like in hindsight yeah like i i don't look back on any of those experiences any of those experiences with any regret and you know what? Fuck, get some songs out of it. <laughs> That's come up a lot as well. At least it's fodder. No, but it has been really awesome to talk to you and I just feel like you are slightly older and wiser than me and, like, I want to be you. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's got... I want yeah. you to be you, Lil. See, even you saying that, that was the perfect thing to say. I want you to be you, Lil. See, you just know what to say. <laughs> but if that's an excuse for us to hang out more, then I'm totally fine with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Hit me up. Okay, you know how you asked us before 
if we feel like we've grown as people like from doing the podcast this mm. this is a beautiful beautiful example of the type of oh, conversation good. that just gives me it's honestly like stepping into somebody else's brain and heart for half an hour and seeing things from a slightly different a perspective big, beautiful juicy brain yeah massive juicy brain <laughs> and health records <laughs> and fully <laughs> people are gonna be like alex is like not <laughs> she's well in the, she's, she's literally unwell like she's, she's unwell <laughs> This woman is ill. Now, it is beautiful that you are now in a power couple with an awesome doctor. You are just awesome. <laughs> oh, you guys great. are the best. Thank awesome. you so much. Is there, anything else you, is there anything you need to get off your chest that the world needs to know? Yeah. Up the snakes. Yeah. <laughs> get on board.